Welcome, everybody, to another great podcast from the Crystal River Church of God. Whether you're on your way to work, on your lunch break, or even taking a jog, our prayer for you is that this helps you to find focus for living. We truly hope you enjoy this message live from CRCOG. So I want you to go with me to the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Acts chapter 2. And I want to preach on the subject. Now, those of you who are watching at home, are some of you are going to be offended because you're easily offended. And if you're easily offended, that might be why you're not here. But anyway, um, you're going to be easily offended. You might be easily offended, but I hope not. And so, but let me, let me just start out by saying this. If you're not ready to come back to church, I understand. And you need to do what's best for your health. Because I do not, if you're compromised, want you to be around a lot of people. And I understand that. But don't let the devil legitimize why you're out. Because you get out of the habit of coming to church, and you get out of the habit of coming to church. Amen. So I want to preach to you on the subject this morning, isolation versus fellowship. Isolation versus fellowship. In the book of Acts chapter 2, if you're there, say amen. Amen. If you don't plan on finding it, say go ahead. I thank you for your honesty. I really do. But I pray for your honesty. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Let me just tell you that in the last four weeks or four services... We've had 22 people give their heart to Christ in the middle of a pandemic. And awe came upon them. And so all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple, day by day, Attending the temple and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Thank you, musicians. Those who were being saved. Father, bless the reading of your word, and I pray that you would grant me that which makes preaching easy and effective, which is the anointing. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. I want you to know that I believe in the church. There are some problems in every church because it's filled with people. But I believe in the church. Matter of fact, I believed in the church before I became the pastor of the church. I believe in the church, and and I believe in the in the people of the church, and. Uh, Brought together, I believe that we are brought together by God Himself to rule and to reign with Him and to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords from this time throughout eternity. And I love the fact that we come together and worship. 
Because yes, you can worship at home, but there's just something about when you gather together with God's people and begin to lift up hands and worship God. He said, I inhabit the praises of my people. The church, the bride of Christ is coming back. I want you to know that the Jesus is coming back for the pure, the spotless bride of Christ, the church. That's us. And no matter what the devil might throw at us, I want you to know that Jesus said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Now you go, well, pastor, we are the church. Yes, we are. You are the church and I am the church. But, the, but, the, but we've got to recognize that we are also the church together. All right? And what the devil wants to do is to isolate you from the church. So God doesn't want us to live life on our own, but together. Matter of fact, when it was just Adam, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone unless we take time to isolate ourselves to seek God. But most of the time, when we isolate ourselves, it is not to seek God, but it's because something has happened. All right? Now, I know I'm talking in generalities here, but God created us to be the church. Church is God's idea, not yours and mine. He created us to have fellowship with one another. That's why I love focus groups because of the fact that we want fellowship and discipleship. You need people in your life. Well, Pastor, anytime I let people in my life, I get hurt. Well, that's the possibility. But anytime you let people in your life, there's a possibility for you to get love and acceptance and help in your life. And that's what you need. You do, God did not call you to be an island under yourself and by yourself. We have a choice, though, though, to be with and have fellowship with our fellow family members, our fellow believers. And if we can choose whether to isolate from them for one reason or another, the church is your choice. Isolation or fellowship. Fellowship or isolation. Now, many are isolating themselves from the body of Christ and are suffering alone and afraid. You know, I, I've had tragedy. I've lost my mother. I've lost my father. I've lost brothers. I've lost friends. I don't know what people do without Jesus. I don't know what people do without the church. I don't know what, you know, when, when you have people constantly praying for you because they're, they know you're going through it, it creates, my wife called it, a prayer bubble. When she lost her children, or when she lost her dad, and God forbid she lose her children, but when she lost her dad, she said, I've never been the recipient of that prayer like that I have, but it was just a prayer bubble. And I don't know what people do without a church family. Genesis 2.18, the Bible says it's not good for man to be alone. Hang on, let me get this off my ice cream. Uh, for, for man to be alone. David went into isolation. And do you know when David went into isolation, he found more trouble when he did so. Psalms 26 or 25, 16 through 17 says, Turn to me and have mercy, for I alone am in deep distress. My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, save me from them all. 
Now let me tell you this. Loneliness and distress seem to go hand in hand. When you get lonely, all you do is focus on what is going wrong in your life instead of what's going right in your life. We live in a culture who's becoming more isolated. We call ourselves engaged because of Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat, but we're not. Just because you like somebody's page or like somebody's photo doesn't mean that you're engaged. Just because you wish somebody happy birthday doesn't mean you're engaged. This morning I went through and and wished a bunch of people happy birthday. Half of them, I don't even know who they are. They're just friends on Facebook. And friends on Facebook are not always the ones that you can call to and say, Hey, I need some help moving. Amen. Come on, somebody. But people retreat into gated communities where they can drive right into their garage and into their house without having to have any any interaction with their neighbors. You, do you know, his, our, our, our anthropologists tell us that, the, that the, the creation that caused neighborhoods, the decay of neighborhoods, do you know what the invention was? Air condition. Because you used to sit out on your front porch and drink sweet tea and, hey, neighbor, how you doing? And all that. But now we go inside. If you in Florida, I don't spend no time on my back porch. It's hot. I got fans out there, but it's hot. If I'm on my back porch, I'm trying to be in the pool. Come on, somebody. So, But that's what we do. They spend hours on the Internet texting so that they never have to actually have a face-to-face contact with another human. Even churches aren't immune because I'm convinced. Some people struggle because some people come to our church and they go, your church is too big. But some people like a church being big because you can come in and slip out and nobody knows who you are. And no, because you slip in late and you slip out early, you don't, get, you don't engage with anybody. And so therefore, nobody gets in your business and you say, yes, I am. I'm a member of the church, but you may go to church, but not belong to the church. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're amening. But if, if you wish... To ever have meaningful relationships with people in the body, you got to be involved, not isolated. But so here's what I'm going to preach on today. They're the questions, questions, why do we isolate from other Christians? Why do we isolate from other Christians? Well, there are numerous answers to that, but I'm going to give you a few, and then I'm going to let Justin have the privilege of talking about the, the, the pleasures of fellowship. I've done given him my outline and told him to add to it, so y'all might be here for like hours with Justin, because I'm not a long-winded preacher in the name of Jesus. Now, keep in, the mind, keep in mind that the devil will capitalize on these in your mind to keep you from future fellowship with the body of Christ. But what is the number one reason why people isolate themselves? Give me my next slide. I don't want to be hurt again. 
I was hurt in church. Listen, I understand, but can I just be real? Because you know I'm going to be. I'm so sick of this excuse. I've been hurt so many times. Well, I quit church because I was hurt by the pastor. Well, I've been, I didn't quit church. But I've been hurt by people, by members. But I didn't quit. You don't quit the gym because somebody hurt you in the gym. You just quit the gym because you don't like the gym. You don't quit Walmart because somebody cut you off. You just keep on going. Sure, we may have had some fellowship in the past and through our relationships with others in the church, but through those relationships, Pastor, I got hurt and I don't want to be hurt anymore. And that's why I don't want to get involved. I just want to come to church and go home. I don't want to be in part. It's those past hurts that can keep us from wanting to have fellowship again. It's those past hurts. And until you deal with those hurts, you're never going to be whole. We were hurt in the past and we have no desire to be hurt again. So we isolate ourselves away from the ones who caused us pain previously. But here's the problem. Because I came across, I I, I thought it was a misprint when I was reading it. It's called hippocampus. Hippocampus. I thought it was a misprint. But we deal with the hippocampus that is in our brains put there by God. See, look, uh, he retired therapist over there. He's shaking his head. I know about the hippocampus. See, that's why I got to be careful when I preach stuff. People know stuff. I can't just make stuff up. That'd be a lot easier preaching, like some preachers. But anyway, let me move on. It's that memory part in our brain that remembers the past pains and as a result of the actions that happen. Then, when we're faced with the same circumstances, we don't want to go there for fear that we'll have the same results. Every time I let somebody in, I get hurt. Every time I let somebody into my life, I get hurt. Every time. Well, how about, how about changing it up? See, it's very difficult to trust people after you've been hurt, stabbed in the back. Come on, somebody. Turned on, treated badly, or for whatever the case might be. But when trust is broken, it's hard to build this back. But the problem with this is that the devil will use this against you and make you think it's okay to respond to that hurt by isolating yourself. And you're playing into the hands of the enemy because God built you for fellowship. God built you for relationships. And just because you was hurt 17,000 times doesn't mean that the next one is going to be the same way. You, uh, he'll lie to you to make you think that it's better just to be alone. But here's the reality. He knows that if he can get you alone, then he can isolate you and he can dominate you and he can have his way with you and you're not being full of potential that God has in your life if you play into that scenario. It's a lie. It's all based upon fear. And fear... Kills relationships and destroys community and breeds isolation. When you go into every fellowship and there or every relationship thinking of fear, then you're going to be you're going to look through the lens of fear. 
God has, not call, God has not called us to look through that lens. We have to look through the lens of faith. We have to look through the lens of, I might have been hurt then, but I'm not going to be hurt. I'm not talking about being naive. I'm not talking about being, being clueless or acluistic. I'm talking about being, having, having uh, understanding that people have the potential to hurt you. I, I want you to understand that not everybody has your best interest, but you need to have discernment. Not concernment, discernment that comes from God that can tell you who's there to help you and who's there to hurt you. Because can I tell you, when God gets ready to bless you, it's usually He sends somebody into your life. When the devil gets ready to curse you, it's usually He sends somebody into your life. So you got to know who's been sent by whom. And the only way you know that is by staying in tune with God. All right, here comes another one. First, the first one is, is I, I, I just f- afraid of being hurt. But the second one, give me my next one. I don't have time. That's a lie. From the pit of hell. I don't have time for church. You know how, man, I, I had somebody. Matter of fact, they're sitting here right now, and they've been coming for a long time. But when they first started coming to this church, somebody asked him from his old church, said, how in the world can you go to church for an hour and a half? Thank God he told them, because he told me. He said, I told them, have you heard our preacher? He said, it's entertaining, not just, not just, uh, ju- just preaching. He said, I enjoy it. Thank God. I got one that enjoys it, so praise God. But if you're going to, we all know that relationships take time. Amen? When you met your sweet thing. I love it when I say stuff like that. The couple start looking at each other. I love it, man. And then, and then people, you know, people who are struggling in their relationship just look away. <laughs> but the time is valuable, and without value in your relationship, you won't make time for it. Here, now, here's the principle. Give me my next one. Here's the principle. All right, that, that's not the one I wanted, but, so I must didn't put it there. Let me tell you. We will make time for whatever that we deem valuable. We will make time for whatever we deem valuable. We will always prioritize our time in accordance to our true passions and that which is important to us. You know, we would never say, I don't have time to go pick up my paycheck. Right? Matter of fact, most of y'all are like, uh, can I get that direct deposited in my account? You know, I, ain't, I don't even want to have to try to come get it. No, no. If, listen, if I told you, what if I called you and said, listen, if you got time, I'd like you to swing by the church and I got $1,000 for you. I don't care what you was doing. You'd make time. Right? So whatever is valuable We make time for it. Can I tell you, church, if you don't make church valuable, then your children will not think church is valuable. And remember, Pastor Anthony preached a few weeks ago, whatever we do, usually our kids do it about 60%. 
So we need to know. See, my kids never got up and go, are we going to church? Well, you've been the pastor since, all, since your children were alive, and I have. But there was never a question, are we going to church? Because we just go to church. That's what we do. We, we will prioritize our time to our true passions. Now, the devil will tell you, you don't have time for this. In fact, he'll have you believing that you are good and righteous and things that you are doing now is time well spent. I remember somebody used to come to church and, and they, the Lord blessed them. And th- their words, the Lord blessed me with a new house. About three months into that new house, they begin to say this. Uh, Pastor, you know, I only get one day off. And it takes me all day on Sunday to get my yard and everything cleared up. And so it would be a shame for me not to take care of the house that God has provided for me. So I don't have time to come to church. Now today... They, uh, about, uh, that was three months after they bought their house. About another six months, they quit coming all together to church, and now they're, they're, they're out and not even going to church. Well, are they saved? That's between them and God. But if I, had to, if I was the judge, I'd say no. Pastor, you're judging. Yes, I am. I'm judging fruit. Let me move on before I... Improper priorities kills relationships, destroys community, and breeds Isolation. Well, pastor, I don't have time. I've been hurt. Let's, go, let's talk about another one. I don't want to be judged. I don't want to be judged. But that doesn't matter when you go outside your house, does it? It, it, it doesn't matter. I, I don't want to be judged, pastor. So that's why I don't come to church. Now, one of the things I love about Crystal River Church of God is that the Crystal River Church of God has a church full of grace. It is a church full of grace. And, 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 and so, there, you know, but, but pastor, does judging happen? Absolutely. Why? Because people are involved. Yeah, yeah. Do we allow this to keep us from having fellowship? Yes. Should we? No. But we allow it because the devil gets involved and puts it bigger in our mind than what it should be. There are many people out in the church world who will point a finger and judge you. They they, They are there and we can't get away from them. However, there are times... When the judgment we're receiving is sometimes in our minds. Did you hear that? It's in our minds and we think that we're being judged when we actually aren't. Sometimes we think we're being judged because we're judging ourselves. I had somebody who had an issue in the church and they had left the church and and they came back and said, well, Pastor, I'm just too embarrassed to come back to church. I said, why? So what everybody knows, I go, dude, nobody even knows you anymore. Nobody has a clue who you are. And, and it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, I'm not going to go there. It, it's amazing. You know, some people can't watch football because every time they get in a huddle, they, they think that they're talking about them. No, no, they're not. You, can I tell you, can I just... Give you a little fact that might make you upset. You know what most people are wondering? 
when they look at you, they're wondering if you're judging them. Can I tell you, most of us are not that important to be judging. Most of us, you know, well, they look at me, I wonder what they're thinking. They're thinking, why did you wear that? What were you thinking? No. You know, I, I, Pastor, I just don't want to be judged. Well, then quit living. Do you think church is the only place you're, you're judged? Can I tell you, what I don't understand is church is the place where we care the most about being judged. If you've ever went to Walmart, nobody cares about what people think at Walmart. You know, yesterday I was working around the house and, and, and I thought and I, I had to run to Harbor Freight and grab a tool that I needed. Yes, I fixed something. And I, I had to go grab a tool that I needed. And I went out with some basketball shorts, a t-shirt, a hat, and some, and some shoes. And I went into Harbor Freight and I went, oh my God, look at me. I look hideous. And then I seen two other fellows go in. I go, I look better than them. Let me go on. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? But I was even thinking, man, I hope nobody at church sees me. Right? Because I don't ever want you to be embarrassed to say, hey, this is my... uh, It's my acquaintance. How you doing? (laughs) You know? But man, I was looking rough. But what I'm saying is we worry about being judged at church, but we go to Walmart without being judged because you wear your pajamas to Walmart. You wear your Daisy Dukes booty shorts to Walmart. Men? Hey, I got to ask this question because I'm not that old yet. But I got to ask this question. What is it with the older guys? I mean, this guy was on a walker. At Harbor Freight, gets out of the car and and has on cut-off jeans with his pockets hanging down with his booty showing. I'm like, dude, you way too old to be wearing some booty shorts. What is that? Somebody older got to talk to me and tell me about that. I'll talk to you later, Popeye. Do you completely lose all sense of style? Anyway, think about this. The fear of being judged is just that, fear. Well, I, I wonder if I'm going to come to church and, and people see and people see me and know where I've been. You put it on Facebook. You checked into the booty club. And then you upset that somebody knows. Am I helping anybody? I don't know if I am, but I'm having fun. But here's what I know. Fear kills relationships, destroys community, and breeds isolation. But the fear of being judged is just that, being fear. And it's not just at church. It happens in all communities. Here comes another one. I compare myself to others and don't match up. Amen. 
I, I, that's, why I don't, that's why I'm isolated. 937, i got to hurry. I, that's why I'm isolated, Pastor. Yes, listen, here, this is the lie of the enemy, that it's easier to be by myself than to have and try and look the part of everyone else. And that's what I love about our church. That, man, you've got people of all classes and of all, uh, you know, some, somebody told me this. They said, Pastor, you ought to not wear a suit on Sunday to make everybody else feel comfortable. I said, I like wearing a suit. I paid a lot of money. I got a bunch of suits. I'm going to wear my suit. I don't wear it because I'm in bondage. I wear it because I like wearing a suit. I like it. But I don't, I don't judge you for not wearing a suit. Have you seen Popeye? That's his church clothes. Biker vest, jeans, boots. Rides his bike up here. Amen. I'm not talking about tricycle either. But you understand what I'm saying? So, I, so I'm glad that people just come however you want to. Here's what the thing is, man. Come as you are, but don't leave the same way you came. Because God knows how to change your life if you will allow Him to. Well, Pastor, it's easy to isolate myself not having to listen to, look at, be the part of everyone else to whom I don't feel I'll ever match up to. Here's the reality. This is just an avenue of envy. One of the greatest causes of isolation is envy. I don't have what they have. I don't measure up. I don't look like they look. You know, there was a couple that came to our church and they left another church. And I won't call the name of the church. They go, you know, one of the things I noticed is everybody here doesn't look the same. Thank God. Not in this service, but there's some ugly people to be in the 11 o'clock service. I'm thankful everybody don't look like that. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful everybody looking good looking up in here today, except for one. But anyway, let me move on. I'm messing with you, Papa. I love you. You know I do. Here's another one. Some people, some young people are here this morning and, and probably have already experienced this, that you have to deal with it. That you enjoy hanging out with friends, but you let that friend get a little boyfriend, a little girlfriend. All of a sudden, they ain't hanging out with you. And instead of being excited about what God has done in their life, you get envious. Am I talking to anybody? Comparing ourselves to others kills relationships, destroys community, and breeds Isolation. Here comes another one for you. You ready? I'm lazy. Boy, that's the that's a big one. I am lazy. Plain and simple. Sometimes we're just too lazy to come to church. Lazy people usually find themselves isolated just as a natural consequence of their behavior. Because getting out meeting people takes energy. Have you ever, don't, don't point at them if they're here, but how many of you have friends that extra grace is required? There are friends of mine that I just, I, I can only take in, some, in, 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 in small doses. I didn't call your name. A lot of people are pointing at you though. Because they, they, they take work. And pastor, I'm just too lazy to do something about it. 
You develop friends at work, at school, at church, celebrations, and through the ministries in which you participate. But when you are lazy, you don't do any of those things. Lazy people rarely develop deep relationships with others because they don't have the ambition or drive to get involved in in the lives of others. Well, I'm preaching better than your amen. Here comes another one. I'm skipping some of this because i got to quit. I'm greedy and selfish. Pastor, I can't believe you called me that. Only if the shoe fits. Isolation because you're greedy. To me, this is incredibly sad. Because here's someone who is alone in the world and rather looking outside of himself or herself in order to develop relationships, they try to find it through the joys of riches. So they work all the time and they try to make themselves fulfilled with the riches and with stuff, but yet they don't have any relationships. No one to enjoy those things with. Or the relationships are only based on what you have. Because everybody knows the better then having a boat is having a friend that will let you use their boat. Amen. No matter how much they earn, no matter how much they get, they never are satisfied. They got to just keep working for more and more. Never satisfied. Has that been you at time? You became a workaholic. Now listen, if you're scheduled to work, you got to work. But sometimes we schedule our work. We schedule our work and we, and, and, and there are times, everybody, there are times if you own your own business, whatever, there are times that you have an ox in the ditch. How I many know, understands that statement? That statement means you just got to get it done and so you got to do it. But some of us think that the work is more important than fellowship in the church. Selfishness kills relationships, destroys community, breeds isolation. I'm going to give you this statement and I'm going to quit. Um, It's really a story about a seminary student who was going to church one Sunday and it was supposed to rain so he was in his car headed to the church service and as he was leaving the dorm the rain really started to fall and the closer he got to the how, to the to the uh, church house, the heart of the rain was coming down, and the weatherman had predicted severe weather that day. But he had decided to go to church anyway. But he had decided to go to church, and the weatherman he thought, well, the weatherman can be wrong because we all know that the weatherman is the only job that you can have that you can be ninety percent wrong and still keep your job. But then, as he drove along, he passed somebody walking on the sidewalk. And man was just getting drenched. And he pulled the car to the side and said, Hey, do you need a ride? And the pedestrian was one of his professors at seminary. And he goes, Yeah, I'll take a ride. He goes, Professor, why why are you walking in the rain to go to church? He said, Well, one, I didn't have a car. So I was walking. He goes, Didn't you know that it was going to be severe weather today? He goes, yeah, I did. He said, so why did you choose or make the decision to come to church today? 
He said, oh, I didn't make the decision today. I made the decision over 50 years ago when I gave my heart to Christ that I was going to be in the house of God on His day. Uh-huh. I was going to be in the house of God on His day and worship Him because that's what I do as a Christian. So I wasn't going to let rain stop me. Listen, I'm not talking about being belligerent. More than likely next Sunday I won't be in church anywhere. Somebody goes, yes you will. You'll be on the open road. That's your church. That ain't church. Man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to relax me. I promise you I will be praying. Because when I ride my motorcycle, I pray. I intercede. Lord Jesus, help me. Lord, keep me from stupid people pulling out in front of me. Lord Jesus. I'm being for real. I pray that a lot. So I'm not talking about being legalistic. But let me just ask you the question. If you have, and man, I'm hesitant to say this because somebody, I'm on, I'm, you're going, Pastor, you're judging. No, you're judging because you, you're, you're the one who's talking about your friends. Do you have true Christian friends? I'm not talking about people who believe in God. I'm not talking about people who are spiritual. See, listen, if you don't, if you don't go to church, and I understand we're in the middle of a pandemic, so I'm not completely talking about you. But if you don't ever go to church, don't tell me you're a Christian. I don't have to go to I love the, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I think you do. To be Christ-like, which Christians that's what it means. And Christ went to temple. He went. Listen, the reality is this, man. Do you know that God uses fellowship of people to train you to be Christ-like? It's easy to be Christ-like when I'm by myself. I don't have any problems. Me and Jesus don't have any trouble. I don't have trouble with people when I'm by myself. Me and Jesus. I got a whole thing going. No, you don't. I love that song and hate that song all at the same time. So unscriptural. However, it's when you deal with people and when you have to deal with EGR people, when the spirit of slap comes on you, but you beat that slap down and let Jesus come out. That's when you know. Woo. I had somebody tell me earlier, they, they, got in, they got in a little situation over the weekend and they go, Pastor, if I'd have been 12 years ago, come on. How many's had one of those? How do you know you got Jesus? Because I didn't slap them upside their head. That's why I know I got Jesus. How do you know you got Jesus? Because I didn't stomp a hole in them. That's why I know I got Jesus. I'm not talking about myself, but, but, yeah, but yet I am. Just a few weeks ago, and I'm done. I'm, a few weeks ago, I had to go deal with something, my, something I had bought and was in. It, it, it wasn't Eagle Buick. I, I, something I had bought, I had it in the shop, and they took two and a half months. And it still wasn't done. And I was mad. And I walked into that shop, I talked to the owner. And it, was, it wasn't a car either, so I don't, I don't buy cars except for from Eagle Buick, just 
Kind of let me let me know. Amen. So anyway, uh, so I walked into that place and I was mad as a hornet. And the owner said, "Well, Mister Reed, I appreciate your demeanor. Because if I was you, I would be madder than anything." I said, "Oh, you don't even understand." I said, "Right now, I'm whipping three of y'all and cussing a couple of you." But it's all in my mind. I ain't doing it. He said, well, we appreciate you keeping it in your mind. I said, if it hadn't been for Jesus, if it wasn't for Jesus, it would not be in my mind. It'd be out here. I'd be fighting like a third monkey trying to get in on the ark. Right? People, fellowship, is makes you hone your skills in. For Jesus. Isolation or fellowship. And Pastor Justin's going to deal with five benefits of truly godly fellowship. I'm going to go ahead and give them to you so he, so he won't have anything to say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want you to ask yourself the question. Where, where am I at? Raymond, come, come back and help me close. Musicians? I don't even know what to just play something. I don't care. Because you're like, how do you make an altar call on that? What's this? I need to ask yourself. You ask yourself. What arena have I fell into? Have I been isolating, allowing the enemy to legitimize my excuses for isolation? And if you have, you need to just make a decision today. Father, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to quit being offended, quit being scared, quit being fearful, quit being lazy, quit being greedy, whatever it is that you're dealing with. You might be one that I didn't even deal with. But I'm going to quit doing this so I can develop my relationships and go deeper with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. In order to do that, number one, you got to know Jesus. you got to If you don't know Him, that's the first thing you need to do is ask Him to come into your life. If that's you this morning, but you'd like to, I'm not going to embarrass you, I'm not going to ask you to come up here, but if that's you, would you just lift up your hand, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. I'm going to assume everybody's a born-again believer then. Now, how many of you would go, now look at me, how many of you would say, Pastor, I've allowed some of those things into my life and i got to get better about it. Come on, lift up your hand. Yeah, hands all over. Because all of us have. At one point or another, most of us have, right? Come on, stand to your feet now. And let's throw both hands up. Father, in the name of Jesus. Spirit Life team, would you come? Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, help us to see where we are. Help us to see ourselves. You know, God, but help us to see ourselves so that we can quit allowing the enemy to help us isolate ourselves. I need people in my life. And from this day forward, from this day forward, we're going to get involved. We're going to quit being isolated. We're going to let God have His way in our life. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
Thank you again for listening to this message. We pray that it has inspired you like never before. For more information about Crystal River Church of God, how to give, or even our upcoming events, be sure to check us out at crystalrivercog.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. And we will see you next week here at CRCOG.